All right, let's look at our scripture that can be found in the bulletin. This is John 14, 15 through 31. Jesus is at the Last Supper. He has shared that he is going to be going to the Father, and he is giving them some last uh, instructions. And this is what he says. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, Neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise. Let us go from here. The word of the Lord. If I was to ask you the question, would you rather have, A, the physical presence of Jesus in your life, like the disciples had it, or B, the Holy Spirit, which would you choose? On the surface, it seems a no-brainer, right? We've probably thought this through in our life, right? I, I wish Jesus was right here physically. I wish that I could walk with him and talk with him and see him like the disciples saw him. But if we chose that as our answer, Jesus would say that it was the wrong answer. Look at some of the things that Jesus says here in this passage. John 14, 28, you heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Jesus is saying it's a source of joy that I'm going away. And I'm sure the disciples were saying, no way, Jesus. We don't want you to go. We want you to stay with us. In just a couple of chapters... Jesus will say, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. It is for your good, Jesus says. Jesus wants to explain to us in this passage why this is 
a, a source of joy to us, why it is better for us to have the Holy Spirit than the physical presence of Jesus. Because Jesus has given us the Spirit that we may know Jesus just as well, in fact, even better than the disciples. For now, Jesus is not just with us, he is in us. And so in this passage, Jesus explains how the Spirit is going to bring the disciples and us to new levels of closeness with Jesus and the Father. Jesus tells us that the Spirit is going to do three things in the life of the believer. Number one, the Spirit is going to be our helper. Number two, the Spirit is going to be our teacher. And finally, number three, the Spirit is going to be our homemaker. So let's look at the, these three points and examine, is this really true? That to have the Spirit is better than to have the physical presence of Jesus. Let's look at point number one, the Spirit is our helper. Before we talk about the Spirit as our helper, what the Spirit does, I want to talk a little bit about the role of the Holy Spirit. And there are two points I want to bring up. The first is that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee for every Christian. Notice what Jesus says in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now notice he does not say, if you love me, then keep my commandments. It's not an imperative. In other words, prove your love to me by keeping my commandments. Rather, you will keep my commandments. It's in the future tense. Jesus is simply making a statement of fact. If you love someone, you love the things that they love, right? And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And what does he mean by commands? Obviously, he means things like what Jesus is saying of, of how we are to live, what we are to do, such as to love one another. That would be an example of his commands. But we see that all, Jesus also uses other words in this passage to talk about commands. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Or in verse 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Jesus is talking about more than simply what it is we are supposed to do. He's talking about everything that he said. He's talking about his teaching. He's talking about believing in Jesus. In other words, everyone who has faith in Jesus Christ, who holds and clings to Jesus Christ and follows Jesus Christ, will receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. It's automatic. It's not conditional. The birthright of the Christian is that you will have the Holy Spirit. Point number two, the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit, is to bring Jesus and the Father into our hearts. Notice verse 16. He is referred to as the spirit of truth. Jesus says that the spirit of truth is going to come. But if you look at the rest of the passage, the rest of the passage really isn't about the Holy Spirit, is it? As much as it's about Jesus and the Father. 
Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus says. I will come to you. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Verse 26, the Holy Spirit, he mentions the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring you remembrance to all that I have sent, said to you. In other words, the Spirit's role there is to bring to remembrance what Jesus has said. In other words, we see that in this passage, the centrality is not on the Spirit, but rather on Jesus Christ. We need to understand, my friends, that the Holy Spirit never intended to occupy the center stage in the life of the church. Yes, he is the dynamic behind every Christian life. That is his role. That is his ministry. But the Spirit's ministry focuses on revealing the Lord Jesus and in exalting Jesus before all, not himself. The Holy Spirit seems to hide himself and conceal himself. He's always putting the focus on the Son. The Spirit's message to us is never look at me, listen to me, come to me, get to know me. But it's always look at him and see his glory. Listen to Jesus, hear his word, go to him to have life, get to know him. You see, my friends, the focus of the church is not on the dove, but on the cross. And that's the way the Spirit would have it. So when people talk more about the Spirit than the Lord Jesus Christ, such an orientation points to error in the church. So what is Jesus really saying in this passage? What he is saying is, through the Spirit, which I am going to send you, I will continue to minister with you. I will continue to be with you, but in a new and profound way. From being with you to being in you. Jesus says something that's very, very striking in verse 17. In 16, he says, I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. And then he says, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus is saying, you already know the spirit of truth. He's with you. In fact, he's with you right now. Now, if you remember last week, there was a very, very similar conversation that Jesus just had when he was talking about his heavenly father, right? Philip said, show us the father and that will be enough for us. And what is it that Jesus said? Don't you know me? You've been with me for so long. He who has seen me has seen the father. Don't you realize that the Father is in me and I am in the Father? It's just the Father who is doing his work that is in me. This is the exact same thing that Jesus is saying. That all this time you have been with me and seen me speaking and acting. You have seen the Spirit who is with me and in me who is doing his work in and alongside me. Was it not Jesus when he began his ministry who stood up in the synagogue and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me 
with the Spirit to preach good news to the poor. See, the disciples, therefore, know the Spirit better than they think they do. But Jesus is saying, you will know him more intimately because I'm going to take this Spirit that rests on me and I'm going to place it in you. So now we understand the role of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about these three specific areas he helps. The first is as a helper. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give to you another helper to be with you forever. This word helper is translated in a variety of different ways in different scriptures. He's another advocate is another word. We know the Greek word, right? The, an, a paraclete. But notice what he says. He says, I will give to you another helper. Now, if he's giving to us another helper, that must mean that they already have a first helper, right? Jesus is the first helper. Jesus is the first paraclete. And notice what Jesus is saying. I will give to you another helper. He's intimating that this helper that comes afterwards will be of the same ilk, of the same kind as of the help and helper that you've had. The first things that the helper has done for you, that the first helper did, the second will continue to do for you. And so we see that Jesus was the first paraclete. 1 John 2.1 even says this. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate, a paraclete, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You see, the Spirit will provide the presence of Jesus after Jesus ascends to his Father. He is the substitute of Christ's physical presence but only in order that he may make vital and actual Christ's spiritual presence. So we need to understand if Jesus the first helper and Jesus in the spirit the second helper, what exactly is a helper? The word again is paraclete, which means one who comes alongside. We think of one coming alongside in proximity, and it certainly means that, but it also means one who comes to one's aid, not just alongside to be there, but to help. And so words to translate paraclete would be exhorter, encourager, consoler, advocate, which has a legal flavor to it. And so if we want to understand the role of what the Holy Spirit will do in our lives, we need to look at Jesus, the first paraclete, and what the first advocate and what he did in the lives of his disciples. And what is it that Jesus did with these 12? He came alongside them, didn't he? He called them to himself and he lived with them in close relationship. In the same way, by the Spirit, Jesus comes alongside of us in an intimate fellowship and communion in us, in our hearts, with us in our hearts. Jesus is saying, I will continue to be with you, church, through the Holy Spirit. But I will not only continue to be with you, I will continue to be 
for you. Jesus was a helper to the disciples, wasn't he? He came along and he said, follow me. I'm going to show you a new way to live, right? And as he followed, as they followed him, he taught them about the kingdom of God and how to live in it. He taught them how to pray, right? He would correct their thinking. They would get angry and upset about something, and he'd teach them, and he'd show them the right way to live. He'd put them in situations where they were way over their heads. Remember when he, the, the, the disciples said, look, there are 5,000 people around here. We've got to send them away. And Jesus says, you, you give them something to eat. And they said, how, how the heck are we going to do that? And Jesus helped them by showing them himself. He would get them out of problems. In the same way, the Holy Spirit does all of these things for us. Continues to show us a new way to live. How to pray. How to act. How to navigate through life. When we're in way over our heads, he is our helper. And he continues to help us day after day. But he's not only our helper, he's our advocate. Now, if you've ever been in trouble, in a legal kind of trouble, what do you do? You pick up the phone and you call one of these law firms that has like five names, right? And you go to that fancy office with the gold plaque and all of the letters. And you retain for yourself counsel, one to come alongside. But in the Jewish legal system back then, it didn't work that way. That's not what, an, what they thought of when they thought of the word advocate. When you were in legal trouble, when there was someone that was coming against you, bringing charges against you, you wouldn't go to a law firm. You would go to your best friend. You would go to someone who knew you and liked you and believed in you. And you would say to them, will you be my advocate? Will you stand for me? Will you speak up for me? Will you take my side? And they would say yes, and they would become their advocate. Someone that you could lean on. Someone who would provide strength and counsel when you were bewildered. That's what Jesus did for us, right? He stood for us, in between us and Satan, who brought accusations and charges against us. He stood for us and stands for us before God the Father and makes us righteous. Jesus did this for us. You know, it's interesting that Jesus knows what it is like to have no advocate. The book of John, there's a theme that runs throughout the book of John of Jesus being on trial. And if you remember when Jesus was taken and submitted to a trial, all of the disciples scattered. And when Jesus stood before this kangaroo court, he had no advocate. No one, no human person would stand for him. But the Spirit was with him, standing with him, standing for him. 
See, that's what Jesus is saying for you and me. That the Spirit and I through the Spirit will be there for you when you are in trouble. And we do have trouble in this world, don't we? We even use that language, right? I'm going through a trial right now in my life. And sometimes we ask the question, who will stand for me? Who will be with me? Maybe we think of a, a past friend or mentor, a parent, if only they were there, only they were here with me. Jesus is saying to the disciples, and he's saying to you and me, through the Holy Spirit, I will be with you. I have a picture of this. I've been blessed to have a picture of this from a physical sense. For I've gone through many difficult trials in my life. And my wife, Lee Ellen, has been someone who has stood with me, has come to my aid, has comforted me, and encouraged me. But my wife is just a human, and as wonderful as she is, Jesus is saying, I will be so much more for you, disciple, for I know everything, and I never tire, and I'm never discouraged. Are you facing trials in your life right now? Maybe in your job? Maybe you've fallen on hard times? Maybe you feel lonely and abandoned. Jesus is saying, I will never leave you alone without a helper. And the Spirit will continue to plead Jesus' cause to us. Remember Jesus. Stay fixed on him. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. And he testifies to us that Jesus is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. And he will give us strength to persevere. As he did for Jesus on the cross, he will do for us. And as Jesus was able to stand against the world, so you and I will be able to as well. So look to Jesus through the Spirit as our helper. But Jesus is saying, my second point, that I will not only be a helper through the Spirit, I will also continue to be your teacher. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. And in, uh, but he continues on in, verse six, in chapter 16, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. Jesus has been teaching the disciples for three years. Jesus said, you call me Lord and teacher, and rightly so, for that is what I am. But they have not understood a lot of what Jesus has said, right? Because they need the Spirit to understand. A mentor of mine once defined effective communication as the giving and the receiving of information. Effective communication is not only the giving, but the receiving of information. He was also a pastor. and I would talk to him about, uh, you know, communicating something. And he would say, did you give it in such a way that they could receive it? 
and it's affected my ministry. Often I pray, Lord, not only give me the words to speak, but open their ears so that they have the ability to hear. And that's exactly what the Spirit does in our lives. Listen to 1 Corinthians 2 that talks about the Spirit. The things that God has revealed to us, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For, no, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. What Jesus is saying is, my spirit the spirit that knows the deep things of God, I will place in you. So you will be able to understand the promises and the truth and the reality of who I am. John 16, 14 says, He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. It's the Spirit that helps us to understand what Jesus is talking about. We now have the Word of God, the Bible, but we also have the Spirit that opens our eyes and helps our heart understand. I remember as a 16-year-old, my girlfriend giving me, uh, uh, picking up a Bible that she had and looking at it, and it was utter gibberish to me. And then becoming a believer at age 18 and reading the Bible again. And the words were so alive to me, and I understood them. What was the difference? The Holy Spirit. See, that's why he's called the spirit of truth. It says he will teach us all things and he will bring to remembrance all that I have said. A good teacher continues to remind the student of what they already know, right? That's what the spirit does in our lives. As class was in session with Jesus and the disciples... Class continues to be in session, and it's always in session because we always have our teacher. If you're a teacher, I'm sure you've maybe had a student that you've thought of and asked yourself the question or said, if only I could get in their head so I could explain to them and make them understand what it is that I'm trying to tell them. See, that's what Jesus is saying to the disciples. That's what I'm going to do in your life. They were worried that they were going to know Jesus less and less. And Jesus is saying, you're going to know more and more. In fact, verse 20 says that in that day you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. He's saying the only comparison to really explain it is as the Father is in me, 
so will I be in you. So we have the word of God and the spirit of God. The same spirit who was with Jesus to teach us the truth. To lead us into life. So are we listening to him or to other sources? I saw this tragic news story. It was from a couple of years ago from the, in the International Business Times. And it was from the country of Iran. And there were 44 people who were dead of alcohol poisoning due to a COVID-19 protection fake rumor. There was this fake rumor that had gone out that by drinking large quantities of alcohol, it would protect you from COVID-19. And so in many, many countries, alcohol is banned in the Islamic Republic. In Iran, over 200 people were admitted for alcohol poisoning caused by the rumors that drinking alcohol were, was effective in treating coronavirus. They had bad teaching. See, we need truth to understand how to live. And Jesus, through the Spirit, continues to teach us. There's so many messages that we are bombarded by in the world, right? It's a constant stream of information. How to find peace. How to find contentment and purpose and meaning and truth. You're a high schooler and you're trying to figure out how do I navigate life as I'm growing? It's bewildering to me. You're a young woman. You're trying to understand how do I navigate life? You're a married couple and you're trying to understand how do we love each other? How do we raise kids? You're single. You're trying to understand I, I, how do I live? And you also want to know, who are you, God? Are you really there? What's your nature? What's your character? The Spirit searches the deep things of God and will teach you. And God has not only given us his Spirit, he's also given us his church and pastors and adult education so we can grow in understanding. So the point that Jesus is trying to make to you is that class is in session. Are you cracking your Bible? Who are you listening to? For as I was with the disciples, Jesus says, so I will be with you. This brings me to my final point, that the Spirit is a homemaker. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, verse 23, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Notice he says, if anyone, he's speaking to us. If you love me, you'll keep my word, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Jesus is saying, my role is going to be to prepare a place for you in heaven. But I'm sending to you the spirit whose role is to prepare a place for me and my father in you. This is a pretty good definition of Christianity. Christianity is the Holy Spirit making our lives an acceptable home for the Father and the Son. And that's what the Spirit does. He transforms and prepares our lives.
Now imagine that you were having someone who was coming over to your house tonight. Let's say a, a very important person. Say the most important person on the face of the earth. That would probably be the President of the United States. You would probably start, take it easy, people. Take it easy. Whether you like him or not, the most important person. But imagine that this person was not coming, uh, was not uh, the President of the United States. Imagine it was God who was coming to eat at your house tonight. The one who created the universe is coming to stay at your house. What would you start doing to get your house ready for God? Certainly an intensive cleaning campaign. The meal list being prepared. And at some point you would realize this is ludicrous. He deserves the very best. How can I give it to him? But that's exactly what the Spirit does, right? An acceptable place, dwelling place, for God himself, it has to be perfect. It has to be holy, set apart. I mean, we've all read portions of Leviticus, right? And, and, and all of the preparations so that the temple would be holy, acceptable for God to dwell in. And Jesus is saying... That's exactly what the Spirit has done in your life. He has applied to us the righteousness of Christ. So much so that when the Father and the Son look at your heart, they say, let's stay here. We are so welcome here. The Spirit is the homemaker. Now, we don't use that word much anymore, right? Homemaker. It's kind of a term that our society looks down upon. And the homemaker never gets any credit, do they? They're kind of anonymous in the background. But the homemaker is the one that makes a house a home, a place where you want to dwell. They're the, the bedrock the foundation. They're what the whole family revolves around. I'm so thankful that Lee Ellen was able to stay home with the kids. So when the kids would come home from school, she would be there. And she would ask them questions and they would open up their hearts and they would talk all about their days, the good and the bad. And they would bring their problems and their issues and their hurts and their joys. And this is what the Spirit does in our life. Through the Spirit, Jesus and the Father are with you and in you. And you're never alone. So that we can experience Jesus. See, God doesn't just want us to know about him. He wants us to know him. Most of us who call ourselves Christians do so on the basis of belief more than experience. We have substituted theological ideas for an arresting encounter with God. But an authentic spiritual journey must grow from direct, 
personal experience with God. There is no substitute for a genuine encounter with perfect love. I think of one Christian on being asked if he believed in God. He said, I don't believe in God. I know God. Do you? Are you searching out and seeking to know the one who is in you and with you? What a tremendous privilege. What a gift that the Spirit has given us. So can I conclude by saying that it is better for us to have the Holy Spirit than the physical presence of Jesus. For the Spirit is our helper. Through the Spirit, Jesus is our helper. Through the Spirit, Jesus is our advocate. And through the Spirit, Jesus and the Father dwell with us. May you experience all of the blessings that the Holy Spirit gives you because Christ has sent us the Holy Spirit from the Father. Let's pray. God, thank you. Jesus, thank you that you have sent to us your Holy Spirit, that you may dwell in us and you are with us and you long for intimacy with us. Let us not substitute anything that would get in the way of us knowing all the blessings and the benefits of having you so close to us, but rather let us seek your face. Let us seek to hear from you as you teach us, as we walk through this kingdom life. And we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Now is the time to take up our offering. Uh, we do not pass a collection pay, plate, but we have left offering plates in the, in the foyer. If you wish to give your offering, to Redeemer, you may do so after the service. If you are new to Redeemer, don't feel compelled in any way to give. We're just glad you're here with us today. Let me pray for our offering. God, we pray that you would use our offering to continue uh, to strengthen this church, Lord, that we may preach uh, the bold news of the gospel of Jesus Christ within it and without it. And we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.